0: Hi, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Hi, Friends, the podcast. This is your host, Rachel, and I'm just so, so, so excited to get to introduce you to today's guest. Um, this guest has had such an impact on my experience in college and with my career. And I'm just super excited to get to share our conversation with y'all today. And I'm going to go ahead and give y'all a little introduction. So, Adam Kroom is with us today, and he is a faculty member in the strategic communication area of Gaylord College of Journalism and Mass Communication. And he is also the director of the Office of Digital Learning at the University of Oklahoma as well. Um, so, as you can probably imagine, it's probably a really fun past year and a half for him um, with all of the things. But um, Kroom teaches courses related to concept strategy, print and web design, social media, portfolio work, all that fun stuff. I was actually able to take two of his classes while I was in college, um, and they were both just so incredible. And I learned so much from them and really like realized how much I loved advertising. So definitely have him to thank for that. Um, but as an instructor, Adam's aim is to support individual growth and self-actualization through an educational environment that is built on autonomy, trust, cooperation, participation, and self-directed learning. His courses are super hands-on and interactive, which I can definitely attest to, um, Um, And social learning is his favorite term of education while experimentation and discovery methods are also encouraged. He believes his role as an instructor is to be a facilitator assistant and partner in the learning process. Krim completed his master's at Pepperdine University, where he studied education and learning technologies. His research focused on networked approaches to online learning and public relations design courses, which is super fun and actually one of the classes that I took from him. So that was super cool. Um, in 2012, he founded TEDxou, which is an independently organized TED event dedicated to ideas we spreading. So basically, TED talks for the college community. Um, it produced more than 80. 80- TED Talks, which have accumulated more than 2 million views in more than two 120 countries worldwide. From 2012 to 2014, Kroom was the project director for freedom.ou.edu, an online education platform dedicated to promoting civic education through talks related to citizenship, freedom, and the Constitution. He was also named a Journal Record Innovator of the Year honoree in 2013 and was recognized in 2014 as a Journal Record Achiever under 40. So, without further ado, we are going to go ahead and hop into today's episode and hear all of the insight from Adam Kroom. Okay, well, Adam, thank you so much for being a part of today's episode. I'm super excited to get to chat about all the great things. Um, So if you just want to go ahead and just give us a little intro into who you are and what you do um, and what, you know, you've kind of been working on.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, So I am an assistant professor of advertising in the Gaylord College of Journalism and Mass Communications. Um, That's half my role. My other half of the role that I have at at OU is the director of the Office of Digital Learning. Uh, We primarily focus on building online professional uh, graduate programs. So a little bit of back and forth between being a faculty member and also an administrator.
0: Oh my gosh, so fun. Okay, so obviously being a professor is a huge part of what you do to you and everything. So what really was it that made you want to be a professor? Like, had you always known you wanted to be a professor? Or was it something you like stumbled into? What was that like route that you took?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think a lot of people uh, do stumble into our field. Um, Gaylor College is unique in that uh, our faculty members aren't necessarily coming directly from a PhD program or have thought about academia for a while. We consider ourselves a professional school, which means we have a mix of both researchers and practitioners. Um, I didn't go uh, the PhD route myself. I did graduate from OU uh, in undergrad and uh, with a degree in advertising. And one thing that I knew coming out of school um, was that I didn't want to work necessarily for an agency. Um, our curriculums tend to be focused a little bit more on a traditional advertising or PR routes. Um, I knew that I wanted to work client side uh, and wanted to be be able to choose my clients uh, a little bit more. And, uh, I knew that at least the time, I don't know, you know if I could say this now, but at the time I, I was pretty certain that I couldn't sell something I didn't love. And, um, so I did a handful of things out of school, uh, and then initially came back to OU in a role uh, related to corporate relations and economic uh, development at OU, uh, knowing that um, the one thing I could sell uh, was my ed- education. Like, I loved uh, my education here at OU, and I, I, I have a great passion and fondness for my time uh, as a student. And so that, that's what originally brought me back to OU. And it was a couple years into working in corporate relations that um, I, at the time I had started to move more in this digital learning online education space and uh, met with the area head at the time. His name uh, was Jim Avery and, and said, you know, I have an interest in in teaching. Um, you know, I'm background as as design. I you know, I'd love to pick up a designing class if you've got one. You know, in advertising or, or public relations and. He was the f- first one to really give me a chance at letting me be an adjunct instructor, and so I started teaching um, a class called PR Publications in in 2013. Uh, you know, and was teaching a class a semester, and uh, and then in 2017, sort of had the opportunity to to restructure my role at OU to allow me to 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 be officially a part of of faculty and and teach a little bit more. So, um, you know, it's, there's no, no necessarily a straight path, uh, so to speak, but, you know, certainly something that I came, I came to it knowing that, um, I love it. Uh, I, I learned as an adjunct that my favorite parts of the week were, you know, the, the hour and a half here and there that I got to be in the classroom with, with students, um, you know, there is something that you, 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 you get a, a feeling that you really are giving back and giving to the next generation. And, and being able to impart wisdom and knowledge, um, you know that that it makes it makes working at an institution um, that more enjoyable. Uh, being able to, uh, you know, work with students.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I think that you know, I think that it's one of the things that's so beneficial about what I love about Gaylord and what so many people love about Gaylord is the fact that so many of our professors. You know, like have that experience as yeah, you know, in the real world because I think that that's one of those things. It's like you can run like PR theories or ad theories or like oh, this is how you should do something like around you know all day, but it's more of like okay, well, when you're actually like in that moment, what do you do and what is important? Because I feel like you know you can teach those like hard skills of like oh, here's like how to do the thing on Photoshop or here's how to do that, but when you like actually take it into actual practice of, okay, what are you actually going to do for a client? Like it's different. And I think that there's just a way that it, our professors are just so easily able to like teach that, like creativity aspect and like make us think differently. That is just so important and just so relevant. Um, that maybe would be harder to teach if you hadn't, you know, worked in the industry and things like that.
1: Yeah, totally. And it's something that, you know, I talk to all students about, particularly around the time of the semester where you're starting to do like course evaluations, you know, is that um, you have to look at your faculty and and think about what's the perspective that they bring, you know, because there is value in, in research. And I don't want to undervalue what, what researchers do either, but they bring a very different perspective that, you know, that's going to, you're going to get something different out of that than you're going to get from someone who is a practitioner. You know, I don't have, you know, the most relevant research at the top of my brain. You know, I can't, I can't draw from that, but what I can draw from is my experiences, you know, and give students um, examples of here's when I was put in the situation and or here, here's how I honestly, how, how I'm still being put in this situation, you know, because I still have a role outside of faculty, um, you know, and being able to bring those, I think, I think students do students like to really do attach themselves to, to hearing those examples and, and being able to see how you actually do execute on this kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I remember my like sophomore year, I went into your office and I run in my resume and you literally like took my little Apple pencil and ripped it apart in the best way. But it was one of those things where it was like, you know, you can take your resume into like a career office and they're like, oh, maybe you should like change the words here, there and there. But like when you ripped mine apart, it was like presentation. It was like, okay, listen, like you can't want to like do things that are designy and creative if you have like, wrong spacing. And that's something that now, like in every resume I see, I like look at it. and like, Oh, the spacing is like off because that's something that you were like, listen, like if someone, if like a creative sees this, they're not gonna like, you could have like the best words. It could be like your best four little bullet points on what you do, but it's like the overall presentation that matters when nobody else had told me that, but they didn't have that yeah. like perspective.
1: I like you bringing up that Story because I don't think I've ever told you this part of the story, which is after we tweaked your resume, I showed it to a senior level class here at Gaylord, and I said, "Look at this! Look at this little sophomore's resume. It's it's ten times better than anything you all have. <laughs> you know, like like you need to use this as an example because you you really did came you came into um, Gaylord, you know, with an exceptional amount of work that you did." in high school, um, but also as a transfer student, you know, so you, 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 uh, but it was very clear from very early on that um, you were a go-getter, you know, and, and had some, some experience and a perspective. Uh, And I think that's really important to kind of come out of a resume is being able to see, okay, what is this, you know, what, what is this person's interest and um, how will they apply that to sort of some of the creative problems that we're going to see?
0: Yeah. Thank you. And I remember actually my friend Madison was in your class when you did that. Yes, and She, she was like, awesome. she was like, Rachel, Adam is showing us your resume. And I was like, oh no, is he totally ripping it apart in front of everybody? And she was like, no, 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 it was good. It was good. Um, that's awesome. That's funny. Okay. So obviously, you know, being an educator, I feel like you talked about like how there is that like connection with students and like, you know, you have to like be connected to them and you like love, like feeling like you're giving back to the next generation. So like, has there been an educator in your life that's really like influenced your experience and maybe your perspective as you know, an educator, um, with us?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I mean, it's not just one, uh, there really are like multiple people that, I, you know, you, you draw on as you get into, into teaching, um, you know, specifically within advertising, uh, we, you know, we had a, a long time in, uh, professor, uh, David tarpening who, um, you know, was kind of a, a Swiss army knife of a teacher. He could teach anything honestly in the curriculum. And I always loved that. Um, and just like the level of, uh, relationships that he had with fac- with sorry with students uh, just everybody knew tarp you know as they called him um, uh, you know and I've've tried to I've tried to take on a lot of uh, a similar role uh, within Gaylord but looking at even my teaching style itself you know I had a, a faculty member my senior year uh, at, at OU named Rufus fears and Rufus fears has has since passed um, but uh, I took a couple classes from him he's in the classics department and taught, um, you know, these, these incredibly popular classes at OU and something I always tell students, like if you can take classes that are just popular, whether, you know, uh, whether you're sort of interested in it or not, um, you know, take the take the opportunity, you know. Um, and I, you know, I, I had a couple, you know, I took I took a, a really popular like physics class because of the professor at OU um, and, and also Rufus Fears. But he taught uh, classes called like Freedom in Greece and Freedom in Rome. And, um, uh, you know, used this, the stories of early Western civilization uh, and, um, and democracy as a way to tell a story about what was happening in the United States, you know, and he would always say that you, you learn history uh, to be able to make decisions in the present and then plan for the future. And so he was a very a very uh, big storyteller, you know, and I mean, known for walking around his classroom and uh, he had a walking stick that would turn into, you know, a sword and, you know, he was doing all these battles in class, you know, and very, very animated, uh, but was also trying to weave in these life lessons that you should take away from these, you know, great world leaders of their time and and things that, that uh, you know, we should consider as, as, as citizens in a democracy. And um, when I took over Intro to Advertising, you know, I wanted to take a same a similar approach uh, to that class, which is a, it's a large lecture, uh, it's a lot of students, it's a, it's a survey class, so you don't go deep into anything, you kind of just touch on, you know, here's what the industry is, and, and kind of the different pieces and different jobs you might see in advertising. And I wanted to weave into it, um, the story of advertising, you know, um a a u.s perspective of it uh you know here's a story of american advertising and um you know use those as ways for people to be able to learn the industry itself but also learn how it's changed and how advertising is a larger story and and this this pendulum that's constantly swinging back and back and forth you know between is what we do in strategic communication more of an art or a science and as you look at history there are different pieces in which um it does come across as more of a science or more of an art we've had eras that are all about you know the creative revolution and so i want to teach those to students in hopes that i can kind of engage them you know in a story of why you know i'm really passionate about um this 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 field
0: yeah and i think that your class like really does just do such a good job of doing that and keeping us engaged i feel like with you know a class of 100 ish students like that can be really hard and it can be really easy to just like throw up a powerpoint and say okay like We're just going to go word by word through this PowerPoint. Um, But I feel like you don't do that. And it's very, I remember the first like day of class, you told a story about building your daughters a dollhouse right before Christmas. (laughs) Um, And everyone just thought that story was so funny. And my friend Lindsay was like, this is like the best class, like, (laughs) (laughs) but like, it's like those little like human moments where it's not like, okay, we're going to come sit in here for 50, for 50 minutes, however long the class is and like, just think about these are the theories and things like that um right but i think it you know makes us remember it easier too because i feel like it's a very like testing test oriented like educational society sometimes and i think that like that is just so upsetting because like we're learning to test not learning to learn sometimes but i think you know when those like elements are woven in we like are learning to learn
1: yeah, no, it's so it's true. I mean, you know, and that's you know part of uh, being a, a an instructor is you have to have to learn how to deal with uh, you know you're just like a creative, right? You're given different affordances in 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 what you're doing, uh, and then you're also you know given some constraints. You know, and one of the constraints of a class like intro is that uh, it's a lot of students. You know, and so the ability to assess learning is difficult, uh, you know, and so, uh, or the ability to impart knowledge, I mean, you know, that really, you know, there's, there's very few ways that you can do it that allows you to have like a ton of back and forth um, in a class that big. And it's also easy for students to kind of get lost or to hide, uh, you know, and so I, I don't just strictly lecture, you know, um, I try to you know build in things like case study discussions where we're going to get into smaller groups and, you know, we're going to, you know, to, 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 uh, think about, you know, real world complex problems and stuff like that as well. And, and, uh, you know, just go, go beyond the, I'm just going to talk to you, uh, from, you know, from a stage, even though I, you know, I'd argue that sometimes that's, that's what students want the most, you know, they don't like being forced outside of their comfort zone either. And so, you know, it's a tricky dance of trying to figure out, you know, how can I build a class that, um, that students students are going to buy into i kind of buy into this method uh but but also um you know get the get the most out of the the constraints that i have so
0: yeah so you've kind of touched on it a little bit but what is like your personal teaching philosophy then
1: yeah that's a great question and i love this question because um no one's ever asked me it even though in grad really? school, like one of the things we yeah one of the things we had to do in grad school was write a teaching philosophy like it's a it's a pretty normal thing to do, but, um, you know, but rarely does someone sort of ask you about it. Um, and, um, you know, I, so, and, and there are different things that people, you know, will, will want out of what they get in their classroom. Like some people, you know, they want their students to really come out as uh, you know, with, with mastery, you know, uh, you think of like, uh, I don't know, like a, like a coach or something is trying to get the most out of their athletes. You know, like they're looking for mastery. Uh, they're looking for perfection and execution and stuff like that as well for me. Um, and, and this comes back to sort of my own, how I'm wired myself, but I've always thought that, um, you know, college is a, is a moment in time as much as it is anything else. And, and it's an, it's a, it's an opportunity for self-discovery, you know, uh, and, students that come to a university like ours will often get as much of out of the classroom as in the classroom. And so I try to build in activities into my class that like, uh, that, that look at things like self-actualization, you know, uh, or metacognition, which is how do I get someone to think about uh, their own process, you know, like why they made specific choices. Um, so like in, in, in PR pubs, Students are, are not just designing things and turning it in and, and I'm grading it, but they're also like required to reflect on it, you know, and think about, you know, why did I make this uh, decision uh, when I was designing it? Or why did I uh, get stuck here and decide to completely, you know, trash it and start over again? And, uh, or why am I not happy with my work? You know, like that kind of stuff, on, uh, you know, I, I build it as, uh, as uh, assessment activities, you know because I, I really do believe that, you know, the best, one of the best things we can do is in college is help a student, um, you know, come to come to find themselves. But, you know, that, that's a bias that I have because I, I spend a lot of time in my head reflecting on myself and, you know, mm-hmm. and, and uh, thinking about personal improvement, you know, and, and uh, I'm a very, very reflective person. I blog myself, you know, I'm constantly right. I need to write to kind of, for me to be able to understand myself, I'm constantly, you know, writing things Um and uh, you know, so that 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 certainly comes out in the kind of things that I'm trying to do, you know, within my classes.
0: Yeah, but I think it's important for you know people to be able to identify those things because I think that it can be such an easy thing of oh well, like I thought it like looked good, but it's like okay, but like why or like why did you like pick that? Like how'd that make you feel or whatever? Um, I hate those like how how, did, yeah. how does this make you feel statement, but like sometimes it's yeah I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. It-
1: and I tend to go there a lot. Like I, I'm, I am a little bit more of the wooey, you know, kind of like let's like let's think about our feelings, you know, a little <laughs> bit. Uh, and some students, you know, are better than that than others. Some are like, you know, I did this because you asked me to, you know. Um, but um, yeah, like one example is I, I teach a study abroad program, you know, and I am uh, fully about that. The study abroad, like the classes, are almost like a head fake. Like it's something to like, you know, kind of keep your attention there, but really the learning is going to happen studying abroad with the with the emphasis on the broad and less on the study you know i mean you know you're going to get a lot out of that by interacting with locals and uh trying new things and having new experiences and and finding a new perspective you know so there's a lot of like reflective writing and In that one uh, that, you know, that I do that sometimes I feel like, uh, you know, it's more, it's more for me than it is for the students. I I just, I love reading that. I love reading stories from students where they they are figuring out themselves, um, because I think that's such a a critical component to education that oftentimes goes, you know, um, amiss.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it's cool sometimes like to, I know like I like looked back at like previous work that like I thought was just so good. And then like I look at it now and I'm like, this was actual garbage. And so it's like fun to like look back and be like, oh, what was my thought process then? And like look at like how I mean, i have like evolved as just like a person as like a professional, whatever. Um, So even though sometimes we might not love it at the time, it's like fun to look back on still.
1: And, and then it doesn't have that like record feel great. Like, like you've got it recorded, right? Like it's, it's good to see because it, that, that gives you a tangible way of seeing progress. Like you can literally see how much you've improved, you know, uh, because it, it, it's there on the paper. And so I think that's really fun.
0: Yeah, I love going back through all the different versions of my resume and thinking oh, from okay. my like high school resume being like this was so yes. good and being like this is would i would never put this in front of anybody
1: <laughs> oh yeah yeah i've got the same i've got like a file folder of like you know resumes dating back uh 15 years you know and uh, and about every five years i just t- you know completely start over again uh, and it is it's funny to look back at some of the old ones
0: yeah okay so obviously working with students is a huge thing and you work in pretty closely in all of your different classes um especially the ones that are like you know smaller classes too so what is something that you see that really impacts students yeah that's a great
1: question um one thing that I say is often difficult about what we do as faculty is um to be totally honest students don't don't have a way of articulating what they got out of your class um
0: yeah that sounds uh, sometimes for not
1: for not for years right um I mean and and until you are say you're five years out of school and you're or, you know, you, then you'll remember like, wow, I got, I got a ton out of what this person said, you know, or I remember this conversation or debate we had in class and we were looking at this. Like it's, it's, you know, one thing, Um, one thing that's hard is, you know, for, think about from a student perspective, like you're constantly getting feedback and evaluation, right? Like you get it every 16 weeks, um, you know, uh, or you get it even more from tests and all kinds of stuff as, as. Teachers, we get less feedback, you know, like we get sort of into course evaluations, but, you know, those those are difficult to kind of understand and assess yourself from that as well. So it's hard to know, honestly. I haven't been doing it a ton to be able to, to talk to someone who took my class a decade ago and to really tell me what they got out of it, you know. Um, although sometimes I'll hear, as, you know, someone will say, I was talking to an alum. And was asking them, you know, what classes do you remember? And they were, they really remembered your class. And I was like, that's so funny because I don't remember that student being incredibly active in that class, you know, or they were not the, the talkative one. They were very, you know, whatever it was. Um, uh, so it's it's difficult to know. Um, but for me, you know, I try to bring my authentic self, you know, to the classroom, and I think students really appreciate that. And they appreciate someone who is on their side. You know, I make myself available. Like you were saying to, you know, talk about resumes, you know, or, or write, uh, uh, you know, letters of recommendation, you know, or just, or just talk shop, talk about like what careers are like and help someone think about it. Um, you know, what I enjoy now about what I get to do versus just adjuncting is I get students, you know, more than once, you know, I might get them two or three times and, um, you know, kind of get to see them, uh, you know, grow and mature Uh, And I think having those longer term relationships, you know, is, is incredibly impactful for students. It's really difficult to, to really do a ton in such a short amount of time as, you know, as a, as a semester itself. So I'm not, I'm not sure what, you know, what I do right other than, you know, just trying to, trying to, trying to be myself and, you know, bring my experiences to the class.
0: Yeah. And I mean, that's something where we were in like a conversation with like a bunch of Gaylor students the other day. And I mean, that was the big thing was like the number one thing was people were like the professors here, like care about you and they care about you more than like what you bring to their class. And I think that that was something that was like everybody was like, ditto to that, like ditto to that, like that, like is the most impactful part, because I think that, you know, college can be like really hard for a lot of reasons, especially like over the past, like <laughs> couple of years. Yeah. Um, and so like having, like feeling like you're not just like going to class and it's not just somebody who's like grading you on what you have like in class, like, like, or just like the fact, like being able to, you know, like go into someone's office hours. And cause I think that like, there's so many like other colleges, other majors and things like that, where like, they don't go to their office hours, don't go to people's office hours, like, unless they like need help in a subject. But I feel like here, even if it's not strictly office hours and it's like just another conversation or another interaction, like our professors are so willing to go like the extra mile and it like creates like a community there that's beyond just you know the classroom and so I feel like as like a professor it like helps understand students better too and like be able to like help them when like they are getting off track or when they need like when something's like going on in their life I feel like you know having those established relationships like it helps tell like oh like is this like something that like is a class thing or is it like is something like deeper right. happening there.
1: Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, and you'll hear that from alumni who come back. I mean, it's like the number one thing they'll tell students is, you know, your faculty are your number one fans, you know, take advantage of that. And you'd be surprised how few do. I mean, it's, you know, people are begging uh, the students to talk more to us, but, you know, sometimes they want that hardline division between class and the rest of their life, you know, and stuff like that, which I I totally respect and, and understand, but, you know, we really are meant to be, uh, a, you know, a resource. And so many of us are willing to, you know, to give up uh, a lot of our time, you know, to, uh, to, you know, to help our students, um, uh, you know, be successful, you know, or, or see it in themselves sort of their, uh, their ability to be successful.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, um we're gonna ask a couple of questions but how do you see the education space shifting in the upcoming years I feel like there's been a lot of like turmoil and like volatile aspects of the educational community recently so what's like your take
1: yeah it's I I've thought about this a lot I was I was kind of writing about this actually yesterday and then I ended up not probably something that I need to spend more time thinking about you know but um you know, being like a lifetime Oklahoman, like you come, like you get really acute to being able to see changes in weather patterns. <laughs> you know, like, I remember like my little brother, like one of his first phrases, like one of his first complete sentences he could say was, you know, he talked to my, my grandparents say, go rain, grandpa, go rain. Like, like, as like a two-year-old, so funny. like, you know, like he knew that like, you know, the clouds were coming and that the, you know, the, that he could feel like the, you know, the cold front coming in or whatever, you know, And so, and you're right, like, it's kind of like you, you can smell change in the air (laughs) in higher ed. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think we quite know what that, you know, that, that severe storm or tornado is going to be necessarily, but we're definitely like at a point in time where um, a lot more is possible than was before. I think people are a lot more interested in taking risk as to far as thinking about what educational models uh, need to, need to be here, you know? Um, and then you're going to see other people that are very staunchly in a camp of, uh, we need to stand our ground and, and try to hold up what, you know, what higher education is uh, right now. And I think there's a lot of value in that too. Uh, and so, you know, there's different camps that are sort of forming right now about what, what education looks like. Um, I think that what remote teaching and learning did, um, for at least from a, like a faculty perspective is it gave everyone the opportunity to teach online and kind of see, uh, the affordances of that. Um, it didn't go perfectly over the last uh, year and a half, but at least everyone kind of gets to understand that you don't have to be physically located, co-located, like in a room in order to impart knowledge or have, you know, deep, uh, learning experiences. And so, you know, are there going to be models that eventually come where um, it's less about, uh, you know, a four to six year residential model and more of something that's hybrid, you know, or, a, you know, growth and online or just thinking about, you know, is is the four-year institution the right the right model for everybody, uh, you know, in the way that we've thought about it for a long time? I think those are all the questions that people are asking, you know? And so um, it's, certainly, it's certainly something that we'll see, we'll see shift. And then I think there's also um, going to be a bigger, there, there, there's still going to be a market for sort of experiential learning, you know, and certainly something that I noticed and witnessed while taking students abroad again um, this summer, you know, and a, a lot of these students had been canceled on beforehand. They were going to study abroad and got canceled because of COVID uh, because of the pandemic in, in 2020 is um, they Emotionally felt it a lot deeper than any students I've ever had before, you know, because they get it, they understand the value of it, um, because uh, it was something that was taken away from them, you know, beforehand. And so, uh, you know, in that sense, um, I think we're going to see, you know, even more kind of experiential learning uh, components come into into education. So, um, I don't know what what's going to happen. I, I'm not going to try to predict the future, but you know, it definitely seems like all the ingredients are there at the moment for people to be a little bit more, uh, a little bit, uh, less risk averse, you know? So,
0: yeah, very cool. Awesome. Um, I think that's definitely true. And I love experiential learning. That's like how my school was structured growing up overseas and it was so beneficial. And I remember so much from like my really young years that I feel like maybe I wouldn't have remembered as much if I wasn't having to like go to the market and buy pickles in Russian, um, <laughs> <There you go. laughs> But, um, yeah, so, okay. So what is something that you have recently learned from your students?
1: It, I learned so much and it's, it, it's commonly said that, you know, it, it, you know, you learn as much teaching as, as you do anything else. And particularly as I get older, you know, um, and it's, it, there's a very, I want to say like the, uh, incredibly clearly defined generational gap, but there's like, I, I am think of any meme that you've heard of as a millennial, you know, like I am <laughs> almost to a T that millennial, um, over idealistic, you know, and, uh, and that kind of stuff. And, um, and, you know, for a while I was a millennial teaching other millennials, you know, and, th- and that changed uh, a couple years ago. And, um, I, I get to see such a new perspective of the world, you know, through students that I'm always taking away something, you know, about, um, how they, how they interpret something very different. You know, when people will come back to teach or come back and I'll, you know, they might be former classmates of mine that are now professionals and, you know, they're, they, we did school together and they're coming to talk to my class, you know, and they'll, they'll say, you know, what should I know? And I'll usually say like, what you need to know is like students now are, completely different than they were when I, you know, we were in school, you know, and, and I only graduated 15 years ago, you know, so, um, you know, it's, it's amazing how much things change in a short amount of time. So there's always something to learn from students.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Well, we'll wrap up. So what are you working on right now? What are your next steps and what you're, what you're working on?
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, in, in Gaylord, it's where we're gearing up for study abroad again, Uh, you know, and so we're, we're recruiting uh, that. I'm excited to get to do a fourth uh, adventure to, to Arezzo, Italy. Um, On the administrative side of things, uh, you know, uh, speaking of sort of the, the, the the future of education, uh, you know, we're at a point in time where uh, we've got some uh, legitimate buy-in from the, from, you know, from the Board of Regents and the President's office to, to really look at online education. Um, I think it was something that, you know, people thought of as this side project. And I think it's now becoming much more core to what we do at the university, Uh, you know, and so uh, we're, we're launching more programs than, you know, than, uh, than we ever have uh, each semester. So there's always something new there. Uh, And and working with other faculty from across the institution, thinking about what, what an online graduate program looks like. So, um, you know, in doing so, we've been able to really rethink what our office is doing, thinking about what does work look like? What does work-life balance look like? What are the communication tools that we need, project management tools, you know? And from a leadership perspective, it's given me an opportunity to really reconsider that department and, and re, uh, reimagine uh, what our work is. And I, I'm going to have some announcements on that that might be, you know, available by the time this, this podcast comes out. But I'm really excited about what the Office of Digital Learning is doing.
0: Very cool. Very fun. And so where can people find you and connect with you if they're interested in learning more?
1: Absolutely. Um, you can connect with me on LinkedIn, Adam Kroom, Croom with a C, like broom. Um, a Croom on Twitter, Adam C, the opposite of that on Instagram, if you want to see pictures of my, my daughters and puppies.
0: They're precious. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah. So that's, uh, that's where I am.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being a part of the episode. You always like bring so much wisdom and I'm always just fascinated by all your insight that you have on life and teaching and all of the things. So I appreciate you for being a part of it.
1: Well, and I, I have to end by saying how, how proud we are of you, you know, and like I said, we've gotten the opportunity to kind of see you grow over the last couple of years. I know you're graduating now, but Uh, you know, I think so much of what you bring and what you've brought our, you know, our institution through PRSSA and through your involvement in ad club and, and, um, you know, just being a student leader, you know, within, within our building, uh, you know, is, is, uh, you know, take, take, take away a lot from, you know, those opportunities. we we've, we've, uh, again, taken a lot away from you. So thanks for what you've done for us.
0: Thank you. I appreciate it. That's sweet. So, all right, well, we'll go ahead and wrap up and I'll talk to you later. Thanks, Rachel. Thank you so much, to Adam, again for being on the podcast. I just absolutely loved getting to hear all about his teaching philosophy and ways that, like, he's impacted students and his mindset through that. I think that he's just a absolutely phenomenal educator. And if you go to OU and you ever have the chance to get to have a class with him, oh my gosh, you should absolutely do it because he is just incredible. So that is it for today's episode. So go ahead, follow us on Instagram, check out the website, do all the things, and we will be back with another super exciting episode next week. Y'all, I'm so excited for y'all to hear about it. I am just, I'm just elated. So I will see you guys next week. Bye friends.